this week's story continues where last week's left off. And that was in the wonderful, tranquil, relaxing bubble cocoon of Mashidabad, where I stayed in the palace of Barry Cotty. And it's a 220 kilometer stretch between Barry Cotty and Kolkata. If I was by myself, I'd have probably done this in two days and done 100k each day as, as is normal. However, the companions that I was cycling with were not normal. They were much more adventurous and up for the challenge than I would have been myself. And of course, I'm talking about Sunny, Nikesh and Gotham, who are part of Kello Rugby, which is a rugby club based in Kolkata, working with children from disadvantaged and poor backgrounds. And I might have said in a previous story, but it came out in conversation that Nikesh gets up at 4am to sell tea outside the hospital for five hours before then starting work at 10am at the bike shop that Sonny has recently set up as an offshoot of Kello Rugby. So it's not only Kello Rugby, it's Kello Cycling and it's Kello Cycling Repairs. So these guys are much, much more hardcore than me. And they were keen to ride from Mushidabad to Kolkata in one day. And I agreed to that because I thought that'd be quite, it'd be a good challenge. I hadn't cycled 200 kilometers in a day since Uzbekistan. And then Sunni proposed the flag off time. He said 4 a.m. And I said, well, Sunni, I think we could do a little bit later. Um, what about 8 a.m.? <laughs> Because I was very concerned that I wanted to have breakfast and a coffee before we started riding. And very sportingly, Sunny, Nikesh and Gotham agreed that 8am would also work for them. Um, though I, they absolutely did not have the same um, necessity of breakfast and coffee before riding. Which is just another example of how these guys are just... You know, they're hardcore. They can perform under any circumstances. Whereas I'm... I need my caffeine infusion before starting the day. So we did start at 8am on our way, you know, with 220 kilometers ahead of us from Rashidabad to Kolkata. Though we didn't actually start at 8am because we got our stuff together on time and then we were going to have breakfast, uh, which of course was, you know, it was going to be ready at quarter past seven and quarter past seven came and went and turned to half past seven and then turned into 20 to eight. And then, um, then breakfast did arrive and it was this beautifully prepared, uh, you know, cut up bits of watermelon in little chunks and diced banana and some parathas. And it was, you know, it was a lovely high end place. So all the food was sort of daintily prepared. And so we kept on asking for more and more. Well, I kept on asking for more and more food to come in which meant that we only finished breakfast by almost half nine. So, no, sorry, half eight, 
by half eight. So we didn't really get going until nine o'clock by the time we'd taken photos with all the staff who had been wonderful and looking after us. But we did start off at about nine and we crossed back over the River Ganges on the ferry boat that had these bamboo planks and a mixture of cars, well, one or two cars, lots of motorbikes and lots and lots of pedestrians. And then we started cycling in earnest south towards Kolkata. It was some of the most beautiful riding I'd done in India. It felt very lush and very green. There were banana trees, there were date palms, there were rice paddies. It seemed, it felt very rural, um, though not in like a British sense. You couldn't see rolling hills, but, you know, all you could see is the the land, the, the greenness on either side of the road. And, and yes, it was very green. And we were making very good progress. I had Sonny on the back and he was laying down the watts. We were barreling along at 25, 30 kilometers an hour. And this is with a fully laden bike and it never reaches that speed, almost ever. And here we were going hour after hour at 25 k's an hour. On on flat ground, there were a few few lorries around and um, a few motorbikes, but it was generally quite peaceful. So at about half two, we'd cycled for four and a half hours and we'd done 120 kilometers, which is a record by some way. And we stopped for lunch. And this was perhaps the first time that my I, I didn't fully partake in the way of eating food uh, here in India because it was this roadside cafe, sort of three-sided um, semi-shack-like thing with you know a set of like cooking pots in one corner and a big burning gas flame and then a set of wooden tables across the the edge it's sort of a bit like one of those old scout huts but missing missing one of the walls and we sat down at the table and you get a sort of silver dish in front of a silver plate or steel silver plate in front of you and then there's big big amount of rice that's put on dal there are usually some potatoes, some sort of vegetables, sort of mixed fried vegetables. And um, the guys had some chicken as well. And it, the, 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 the samosa option was no longer here. It's interesting how food has changed across India, that in Punjab, it's very buttery. Lots of ghee in your dals, in your um, vegetables, in your chickpeas, in your and lots of paneer. And then in UP with mum, there are lots of samosas around. However, there's not a samosa to be seen in Bengal where I am now. And instead, rice is the main dish. And the dal and the rice is mixed together by hands, your own hands, in a sort of, I like to think of it in like a jellyfish kind of way, that you're sort of moving your fingers together and sort of scooping it up and you mix it like that. And I'm doing it as I'm talking to you now. I'm sort of being a jellyfish with my fingers. And I'd known exactly where my fingers had been after this day on the bike, or half day thus far on the bike. And I decided that 
I didn't really want to mix bike grease when there was a flat tyre. I forgot to mention there was a flat tyre before lunch. There was a nail about three quarters of an inch that had made its way into the tyre and unsurprisingly flattened it. And that was the first flat tyre of India, which is something which is a relief given that in Pakistan we had 12 in a much smaller country. So no complaints there. And with Sunni as a bike mechanic, we weren't off the road for long. But I didn't have very clean fingers, and so I didn't really fancy mixing my dal and rice with my fingers. So I chickened out, and I got my spoon, my travel spoon, out my backpack, and um, mixed my things around and enjoyed the food and the calories immensely. So we'd had lunch. We'd made really good progress in the morning, and we were looking forward to sort of carrying on that. However, the roads had different plans because the flat, smooth road that we had been cycling on turned into a construction site. And one half of the road, it's going to be, imagine in the future, will be nice, wide, flat road, smooth road. But right now, the left-hand side was just a... Uh, yeah, it had diggers on it. It had uh, those rolling machines to sort of flatten the material, the surface. And the, the bit of road that was left was not tarmacked. It was just dirt and mud and stones. And it had been raining the night before. So the whole thing was a slushy mush and spray was getting kicked up everywhere. And it also turned out to be the only road going into Kolkata that day because a bridge had been closed in Kolkata, which meant that every single lorry in the whole of India was on that road. And it was horrible because mile after mile, we would be bumping along on this road and the lorries were going quite going slowly over this rough ground we would go faster than them so we were constantly trying to overtake these lorries avoiding the lorries coming in the other direction which sometimes meant you had to cross the entire road right onto the far side and then when you overtook a lorry you just simply had another lorry in front of you and you'd overtake that one and then there'd be another lorry in front of you belching out horrible diesel exhaust from it and not wanting to be in front of the lorry not wanting to be behind it not being able to escape this purgatory of lorries and this went on and on for about 50 kilometers 50 kilometers of lorries and by the time we'd got through it we were covered in mud we i was certainly my neck was aching my arms was aching my shoulder was aching and Kolkata still like felt like a very long way off. So we had a quick break and drank some Thumbs Up, which is the Indian version of Coca-Cola. But it's also owned by Coca-Cola, which I find quite amusing. So we're drinking imitation Coca-Cola that's still owned by Coca-Cola. And of course, Coca-Cola is also sold in India. So we had some Thumbs Up. And get on the bike. And by the time we were in the outskirts of Kolkata, it was dark. And Kolkata was an interesting city to get into at night because the billboards really lit up. It reminded me of London 
on the way in to Hammersmith on the flyover and you see all these billboards and I hadn't seen them in India really before but for watches, for apartments, for cars, it really felt like I was coming to a quite a wealthy consumerist city. And eventually we navigated away to where I was staying that night, to a, to the hotel, and um, it was successful. We had got to Kolkata, we had cycled 220 kilometres in a day, our faces were covered in mud. Uh, of course, I went for a shower and offered it to the guys and they said, oh, we'll just wait till we get back to our own places. But we still had dinner with Paul, who's the the founder of Kello Rugby and had linked us all up in the first place. And so these guys were in their kind of sweaty, unpleasant kit for the duration of dinner. Um, and I was very intrigued, interested to meet Paul because... He had created this incredible organisation that has not just works in Kolkata, but all over the the Bengal, northeast India region, uh, has funded various uh, scholarships, educational programmes, apprenticeships. It's done done huge amounts. There are holiday camps playing rugby. It's helped literally thousands and thousands of kids. So I was very intrigued to meet um, Paul, and he's a Brit. And um, what struck me most about him is he was very, very unassuming, a man of of a few words and not not much of a conversationalist. And it was just interesting because I wasn't, I wasn't quite sure where it had all come from, but clearly somewhere in there there was a huge desire and passion to help these kids, and he'd done so much. Um, and so it sort of left me feeling that day that you can never, you can never judge people by how you first meet them. And seeing what he's done and achieved was incredibly uplifting. So it was a wonderful time, um, a very an enlightening time with with Sunny and Gotham and Nikesh. And these guys had really pulled themselves up by their own bootstraps, and were much mentally tougher than I was and could put up with with all sorts of hardships and arduousnesses um, very, very well. So, yeah, that caps off my journey through mainland India, reaching Kolkata and uh, now looking ahead to Bangladesh. Just the wind of the Lord.